Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and today I'm joined by a fellow writer at the Falcoholic, Adnan Ikic. Adnan, thanks for joining me. Hey, glad to be here. And we're going to talk about the Falcons' new coaching staff. Obviously, we knew about Arthur Smith. We knew about uh, some guys a little bit earlier this week. But I want to go through the full list of guys who have been brought on to run this 2021 Falcons team. Uh, I do want to say ahead of time, there are some positions that will probably are still yet to be filled. Uh, so we may revisit this on a future podcast. But I think we've got... Uh, most of the staff, most of the critical staff, obviously there's going to be some assistance and, and additional guys, but I think the key positions at this point have been filled. We're going to talk about them, go through experience and give our thoughts. So I'm not, I want to start on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously Arthur Smith uh, came in and I, I want to highlight this up front because we, we've gotten this confirmed. Arthur Smith will be calling the plays at least in 2021. We, you know, we don't know what the future holds, but at least for his first season with the Falcons, Arthur Smith will be calling the plays on the field. Uh, but let's start with who he is bringing in as his first offensive coordinator. Um, he is bringing in Dave. I may be mispronouncing his name here. Uh, Dave Ragone, uh, R-A-G-O-N-E. Um, and he spent 2020 with the Bears as their passing game coordinator, 2016 through 2019 as their quarterback coach. And in 2015, he was with Washington as their offensive quality control coach. So been at the NFL level for roughly five, six years. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ragone and, and what he is going to bring to the table? Well, Ragone in the past few years with the Bears has really – uh, been tasked with squeezing blood out of a rock with uh, <laughs> the Bears passing game and Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I'm not going to hold that against him at all. Uh, the Bears passing offense hasn't been fantastic, but we've seen the limitations that Trubisky's had uh, in the past few years. Uh, Nick Foles stepped in, and other than that one amazing playoff run and that one great year under Chip Kelly, he's been really nothing special throughout his career. I uh, the offensive coordinator position for me, it wasn't as important as defensive coordinator, which we'll get to later on. Just because, yep. like you said, Arthur Smith is calling the plays. He's just bringing someone in here. Uh, and it's good that he's bringing someone in whose background is with the passing offense, just because that's that's where the NFL is nowadays. Uh, it tells me that probably Atlanta's uh, going to lean more toward the passing attack moving forward. But Ragone is in here for uh, preparation, uh, for implementation, uh, for game day. Uh, and Arthur Smith, like you said, he's going to be calling the plays. If he didn't even bring in an offensive coordinator, I would have understood. But, yeah. but um, this is just one of those uh, where Ragone is just there to make, make life a little easier for Arthur Smith. It's not 
the, like the past few years where oh, we're looking at the offensive coordinator as like the head coach of the offense where you know the offense lives and dies under Dirk Cutter and it died plenty of times or it lived and died under Kyle Shanahan this is just uh, one of those one of those positions where it's offensive coordinator but it's not really as influential as offensive coordinator has been the past few years but I will say yeah. if the offense takes off in the next few years then Dave Ragone could be looked at as a potential head coaching candidate so this is a great uh, step up the ladder for him to be Arthur Smith's OC. Yeah, and that's an excellent point. You know, I, th- I think what we just saw, even with uh, the Eagles, uh, and the fact that they hired uh, Nick uh, Sirianni to be their new head coach. You know, he he's in a similar position where he was an offensive coordinator, but wasn't necessarily calling the plays. And of course, we've also heard sort of that you know criticism, if you want to call it that, of Eric Bieniemy uh, of the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the thing to keep in mind is obviously, you know, these guys are going to get a lot of exposure to very talented play callers, uh, you know, with the enemy, uh, you know, he's learning under Andy Reid and with Ragone, he's going to get to learn uh, under Arthur Smith, who uh, comes in, you know, as we've talked about before with an impressive resume. I, I like this move. I, I think, you know, Ragone comes in with, uh, you know, he's, he's relatively young. He's 41 years old. Um, he's got NFL experience. Uh, he actually was a quarterback uh, in the NFL for a short period of time uh, and actually uh, was a, a pretty good quarterback in the NFL Europe when that was a thing. And man, I had time. Right. I know exactly. Um, back when the NFL had, you know, inclinations to a, a sort of a, a, a minor league system. Um, and the thing about the bears, like you said, they, they really were stuck with incredibly bad, uh, quarterback play. I think if you go and watch some of their games, their passing concepts were actually uh, relatively progressive. They they weren't terrible. Um, and I, I think Ragone will come in and obviously adjust to what Arthur Smith wants to do. But uh, again, I, I think you have to take into consideration that when you've got Mitchell Trubisky, you're essentially drawing plays that can only go to the right side of the field, uh, which is not fair to him as a coordinator. All right, let's uh, move on to the next position on offense, and that is quarterbacks coach Charles London. Um, from 2018 through 2020, he was the Bears running backs coach. Interesting that we're poaching the Bears a good bit here. Um, 2014 through 2017, he was the Texans running backs, running backs coach. And in 2012 to 2013, uh, he was at Penn State in the same position. But they're bringing him in as a quarterback coach so this one is very interesting and Adnan, i i want to get your thoughts on this because i think the rest of us at the falcoholics saw this and thought oh um okay uh, quarterbacks coach like he all of his experience has been with running back so far what are your thoughts on this one yeah i'm in the same boat with you i was given a lot of pause when i saw this i mean don't get me wrong david montgomery had a great second half of the season this past year uh with the bears as their running back but None of that running back work really makes sense uh, with him coming in as a as a quarterbacks coach. I know some people are going to think, "Oh, this means we're getting a mobile quarterback, you know, who, whom we can treat as a running back." <laughs> that's not what this means. No, <laughs> that that's not how this goes. Um, for what it's worth, I think quarterbacks coach, at least for this next year, is going to be a symbolic role, just because Matt Ryan is one of the savviest veterans in the NFL and you don't real he really doesn't need a quarterback's coach like holding his hand throughout any of of this 
Yep. Um, it's it. This is something where it's obviously uh, Dave Ragone uh, brought Charles London along for the ride, and I guess London wanted to transition into quarter. We've we've seen coaches transition before. We, we saw it with Richard sure. Morris. He transitioned from like uh, coaching the I think secondary to coaching the receivers for the yep. Falcons. Uh, in vice versa. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. I I think they brought him back to defense afterwards. But yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, it, it's like it, it happens. Uh, I don't think I don't think we'll hear much of Charles London this next year. The only issue is if we do go with um, a young quarterback in the draft this year, and he takes over from Matt Ryan in two three years, uh, I would hope that we'd have a more experienced quarterbacks coach because that that's who it matters more for. And you know maybe Charles London. Is like a, a secret quarterback whisperer who is going to develop into this, you know, amazing quarterbacks. But you know, the jury's still out. But you know, this is also one where it gave me pause. But uh, again, if Ragone gets hired uh, moving forward, then London would be a candidate to possibly be the next offensive coordinator. So maybe they're looking Very at him as, as maybe an offensive coordinator in training in case Ragone uh, ends up leaving the team via promotion or for whatever reason in the coming years. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic point. And I think that has to be kept in mind. And as you mentioned, I think for 2021, uh, the fact that Matt Ryan is more than likely going to be here, barring a, a, a jaw-dropping trade or cut, um, it, they don't need a true quarterback's coach this year. They're not going to help a lot. I, I will say, in watching Arthur Smith's offense over the past week, um, he uses the bootleg a lot. Like, he had Ryan Tannehill – running bootlegs as if there was no tomorrow. And I I think you could make a case that a running backs coach may have an easier time teaching the footwork and the movement outside the pocket to a quarterback uh, that may be stretching it. But uh, otherwise, yeah, I'm I'm with you. This feels like a move where I initially saw and I'm like, I'm not entirely sure what's going on here, but I think if they have an eye towards the, the idea, as you mentioned, that Ragone could you know quickly be out the door, uh, if the especially if the Falcons have a ton of success, it may be that they foresee London as being a guy who can immediately take over as the OC. And I, I like I like the idea that Arthur Smith has uh, this uh, ambition that he's going to make a bunch of future head coaches. I love the fact that you know they, they may be thinking that way. So sign me up for that. Um, all right, next in line, wide receivers coach Dave Brock. He's actually a carryover, uh, which you know is a little bit surprising. Not entirely surprising. Some guys do get carried over, as Arthur Smith was with the Titans multiple times. Um, he, 2019 uh, into the present, he was the Falcons wide receivers coach. So same position, he'll retain that. Uh, 2019, he was also the running backs coach before some changes were made. And from 2017 through 2018, he was an assistant wide receivers coach. Uh, so Brock obviously has you know a good bit of experience. He has familiarity with uh, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the Falcons retaining him onto this new staff? Uh, I like it. I mean, wide receiver has been one of Atlanta's dominant positions in years past. We've seen uh, Calvin Ridley's developments over the past couple of years. We saw Russell Gage develop from a sixth-round pick to a bona fide slot wide receiver. And I've been on record. I thought that uh, a good slot receiver would have been Russell Gage's ceiling like years down the line. And he reached that ceiling that, you know, I put in my head for him 
a lot quicker than I thought he would. So he really did. Yep. Uh, he's been fantastic, and I'm incredibly proud of uh, his development over the past few years, maybe more so than anyone else on the team. You know, he's put in that work, and you just know he has. Um, with David Brock, like he's been with the Falcons, he's uh, paid his dues as an assistant wide receivers coach. The wide receivers are familiar with him. Uh, he's done a good job, and you know I'm happy that he's uh, continuing along for the ride. Yeah, I think your point about Russell Gage is a good one. I would add, you know, some additional players to that list, such as Alameda Zacchaeus before he got injured. Um, you know, uh, Christian Blake uh, was a contributor this year. So I, I think they were probably pleased with the overall work he did in getting these guys prepared to actually contribute on Sundays. And I think that's, you know, you look at Calvin Ridley and his uh, quick emergence in the league. Uh, that happened um, under uh, Dave Brock in, in, in some form or fashion. So uh, I like, as you mentioned, I think this move makes a lot of sense. And uh, again, continuing the, having that continuity uh, with a guy who's going to be familiar with, you know, some of the, the key members of this offense on the field uh, is going to be extremely helpful. So I, I like the fact that they're keeping him. Uh, next on the list. This, this name is going to ring some bells uh, coming back to Atlanta, but in a different form, the t- new tight ends coach, Justin Peel, um, who from 2015 to 2020 was the Eagles tight ends coach and uh, was the assistant tight ends coach for the Eagles from 2013 through 2014. So Adnan, uh, <laughs> when I first saw his name, I was like, I didn't know he was still playing. Why are we bringing him back to play tight end? And then they're like, no, he's going to be a coach. I was like, Love it. wow. Um, tell me what you think about Justin Peel. I love it. Uh, he caught Matt Ryan's first ever playoff pass uh, in his yep. career in that 08 game. You know, there were some uh, good moments. I was uh, I was just like a child uh, in that 2008 season, uh, and I remember I, it's a lot of nostalgia seeing Justin Peel's name. Um, you know, he was a serviceable tight end for us, and you know he's paid his dues. Uh, he's yeah. been a tight ends coach or. An, uh, in some form or fashion, he's worked with tight ends for the past seven years. And the Eagles, you know, they developed Zach Ertz. They developed uh, Dallas Goddard. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that became one of the most lethal tight end duos in the NFL. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's been, you know, a very, he's done a very good job with the Eagles in the past uh, five, six years. And, you know what, continuing his career on, um, welcome back to Atlanta. I like the move. Yeah, and I'll tell you this: uh, one thing we're going to see with Arthur Smith, and if he does, you know, something similar in Atlanta that he did with the Titans, Arthur Smith loves two tight end sets. The, you know, obviously the Titans had John New Smith as their, uh, you know, number one receiver, but their their uh, fourth highest number of targets went to their second tight end, uh, and you know, so essentially it was their number two wide receiver or number one and number two wide receiver. Uh, their number one tight end and the number two tight end that like their third wide receiver uh, had fewer targets than their second tight end. So it makes you wonder if the Falcons are looking at, you know, Jaden Graham and thinking, Hey, this could be an opportunity for us to finally get something more out of Jaden Graham because they clearly have loved his potential since training camp. And we, we saw his potential in training camp, but, you know, before the, the pandemic hit, we, a lot of people thought that Jaden Graham could be someone that would really contribute in the passing game. Um, and of course, you know, Dirk Cutter is where all careers go to die. But uh, my hope is that, you know, Peel can come in uh, and coach these guys up and that the, the team may finally get 
more out of uh, Hayden Hurst than they got this year and potentially more out of um, Jaden Graham. So I really, uh, you know, as you mentioned, this guy's paid his dues. Uh, he played the position, so he knows what he's doing. Uh, I really like this hire. I think this one is uh, understated and may actually have a big impact on this team. All right, offensive line coach Dwayne Ledford uh, had no, I'll be honest, I had no idea who this guy was. Had to look him up. Uh, 2019 through 2020, he has been Louisville's offensive coordinator and their offensive line coach. Uh, from 2016 through 2018, he was the North Carolina State offensive line coach. And from 2013 through 2015, he was the Appalachian State co-offensive coordinator and, of course, offensive line coach. This guy did play in the NFL. He was a center, uh, never really uh, got a ton of playing time, so not, not a great player. But he does have experience at the position. Again, relatively young, 44 years old. Uh, Adnan, what are your thoughts on uh, Dwayne Ledford? Yeah, I'm with you. I didn't really know who uh, Ledford was regarding his uh, coaching career and, you know, even his playing career, who's a pretty obscure player back in the day. Uh, he's coached mostly in college. Um, you know, he has coached for the past few years at NC State and Louisville. This is one where, you know, I'm questioning it a little bit just because we know just how important the offensive line is. And, you know, obviously someone who can run what Arthur Smith likes to run. Um, but, you know, some positives about it. He uh, helped develop Mekhi Becton uh, at Louisville, who's yep. one of the best young offensive tackles in the NFL right now uh, in his rookie year with the Jets. He was fantastic. Uh Offensive line coach at NC State. He's uh, been doing it for the past few years. No NFL experience at the coaching level. What is um, interesting is while he was a player on uh, an offseason or practice squad, he was actually starting his coaching career. So he was on the Browns practice squad in 05, on the Saints in 06, or on their offseason off team as well, while starting simultaneously starting his coaching career at uh, UNC as the assistant strength and condition coach at North Carolina. And then he went to NFL Europe uh, at Frankfurt uh, all the way in Germany to um, continue his coaching career after his official retirement. So, you know, that's, that's a, a fun fact, um, I guess. But yeah, it's this one remains to be seen. Yeah. And I will say, you know, the one thing that I read about him that gives me a little bit of encouragement and, and you know, take this for what it's worth. Uh, there was an article that essentially said Louisville football, Ledford's departure, a crushing loss. Um, so it, it sounds like this guy was incredibly respected at Louisville, um, both by the players and the other coaches. Uh, and it sounds like they're, they're going to miss him a lot. Hopefully that is a strong indication of, of what he brings as a coach. Obviously there, there's a lot, that remains to be seen and he has not coached at the NFL level. And, and, you know, that can be a completely different beast uh, going from college to the NFL. Uh, the fact that he does have some experience in the NFL as a player, I think will help. Uh, but this one I think is, is a little bit of a wild card. We're going to have to see how this one plays out. Uh, finally, offensive assistant, Danny Breyer. He was with the Falcons this year as an offensive assistant and 2017 through 2018, as a Buccaneers defensive assistant, uh, he has been retained. We won't say too much about him. Uh, so, of course, you know this coaching staff is going to depend a lot on what Arthur Smith does, since this is "quote unquote" his side of the ball. 
so, you know, a lot of interesting guys, a lot of interesting hires here, some question marks. We'll see how this plays out going into the season. Um, but we do want to talk about this defense and who was brought in. I think there's some excitement here and for good reason. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Adnan Ikic, and we're talking about the Falcons' new coaching staff going into the 2021 season under new head coach Arthur Smith. We talked in the first half about the offense Adnan, let's talk about the defense. I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this one. Uh, let's start at the top because I think this is the name that many fans, the, the rumor mill was spinning the minute Arthur Smith was hired and this guy's name was out there. I, I know some Falcons fans were pounding the table for Wade Phillips and I understand why, you know, he, he was critical uh, in Sean McVay's first couple of years uh, with the Rams and, and really putting a good defense on the field and helping him out. Uh, so yeah, I, I liked the idea of Wade Phillips. Um, but I think this guy may actually have as good and maybe even better credentials than Wade. Uh, of course we were talking about defense coordinator, Dean Pease, um, real quick, the rundown of his history in the NFL from 2018 through, through 2019, he was the Titans defensive coordinator 2012 through 2017, the Ravens defensive coordinator, and he had some phenomenal defenses in that time. Uh, and in 2010, 2011, he was the Ravens inside linebackers coach. Uh, so give me your thoughts on DMPs, Adnan. Oh, I love it. Uh, if you had told me who we would bring in as defensive coordinator, Dean Pease was at the top of that list. Well, it was 1A and 1B, he and Wade Phillips. I would have been over the moon with either one of these hires. Yep. Dean Pease is someone who has been coaching defense in some form or fashion since 1979. <laughs> like, yeah, wow. Like he has been through he has seen everything there is to see as a coach on the defensive side of the ball. Um he's someone who retired a couple of times because, you know, I think he's what 71 years old. Uh, this is going to be his age 72 season. Yep. This was such an important hire. Because Arthur Smith is a first-time head coach. Uh, Arthur Smith needed to bring in one of these veteran coaches who uh, will take full control of the defense and who can more or less be the head coach of the defense. Uh, The same way that Wade Phillips was with Sean McVay a few years Mm -hmm. ago when McVay took over Los Angeles, uh, the Rams. It was so important, especially 
it's so beneficial to have someone with such a wealth of knowledge as Pease, even beyond what he's going to bring on the defensive side of the ball on the field. Someone whom Arthur Smith can possibly go to to bounce some ideas off of. Someone mm-hmm. he can go to for, for some advice uh, regarding uh, the administrative stuff that a head coach has to do that's beyond just what's on the field. This is such a great hire. And you know that Pease really liked Arthur Smith if he came out of retirement a second time to coach for <laughs> Arthur Smith. And, you know, yep. was a guy who's won two Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator uh, with the Patriots and with the Baltimore Ravens. Those were some some of the dominant defenses we've seen in the NFL in the 2000s that uh, he coordinated. He's learned under Bill Belichick, who's maybe the greatest defensive coach of all time. Uh, I'm incredibly excited. He's someone who's also so innovative. Like one of the main things with the Titans we saw uh, a couple of years ago was they don't come in in just one look. Like, you know, it's a base 3-4 defense, but he'll switch it up. And yep. he'll switch it up based on what on the offensive looks given, based on what the offense does well. And that innovation uh, and that adaptation, excuse me, is something we haven't seen with Dan Quinn the past few years. It would be as soon as the offense um, adapts, reacts, then you know there is no counter-reaction from Dan Quinn. We just continue right. doing the same thing that we kept doing over and over again. That's not going to be the case for the Falcons on offense or defense moving forward because Arthur Smith and Dean Pease are you know two fantastic coaches when it comes to reacting, reading and reacting to what the opponent gives them and when it comes to adapting to what the opponent is doing. And, you know, I, I'm just going to come out and say that the Titans AFC Championship run, I think, was because of Pease and Arthur Smith more so than Mike Vrabel because we saw what Mike Vrabel did with uh, the Titans defense this past year after Pease retired. They went oh, yeah. from 12th in scoring defense to 24th in scoring defense. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Titans fans are very upset that Pease uh, is coming back and coaching with the Atlanta <laughs> Falcons and that uh, he pretty much left them. But I think uh, reports were that Vrabel wanted to take over uh, defensive play calling. And Pease, being the very veteran coach that he is, you know, didn't really want to. Uh, give up that kind of control so late in his career. So, you know, Pease has done a great job. I think he's been, his defenses have been top 14 in scoring defense eight times in the last 10 years. Like the Falcons have had that one time in the Matt Ryan era. Yep. Yep. And uh, there were reports that the Titans were uh, apparently wanted him to come out of retirement for them. Uh, so, you know, to your point, I think a lot of Titans fans are very upset that Pease uh, not only came out of retirement, but that he came out of retirement to, to go uh, with their uh, offensive coordinator. So uh, we, we've now essentially stolen two of their favorite coordinators uh, out from under their club. Feels uh, good to be on this side of things when it comes to poaching coordinators. It does. It really does. Uh, we've had to give up some guys and uh, it feels nice to be on the other side of that for once. Um, and, I, I w- and I, I just wanted to say, like, just a very bold thing. I think the Titans should have fired Vrabel and made Smith their head coach. 
Oh man, there's that's a that yeah we're reliving 2016 it, to 2017. It's a aren't hot we? take. It's a hot take, but I'm pretty sure with the Falcons, if you could go back in time, I'm pretty sure Arthur Blank would rather have made the move to uh, retain Kyle Shanahan. But yeah, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, that's that's Tennessee's problem. That's just my personal opinion on it. <laughs> I like it. Um, I will say this about Pease. I think the, his age means more than likely that he is coming in to potentially groom somebody. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, some of the other coaches, uh, it, you know, that he brought in. Um, it, it seems like Pease may be a guy that, you know, he's his clock is going to say two, maybe three years as defensive coordinator. Uh, and then he's going to hand the reins off to somebody. At least that's what it feels like. I, I could be wrong. This guy could coach until he's 80 for all I know. Um, and if, if he's coaching until he's 80 uh, and we have him here, that's probably good news. Um, uh, I remember Arthur Smith in an interview when asked about Pease a couple of weeks ago when he became the head coach, he said no football coach ever really retires. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'll, I'll say this because um, we'll talk about Matt Pease uh, in just a few minutes. Um, I, I do think his son coming in is a factor here. Uh, I think there's probably some inclinations that over the long term, uh, his son can be developed into a future defense coordinator. And I don't necessarily, you know, I'm not a big fan of nepotism. And we'll, again, we'll talk about this in a second. Uh, but I, I think that is certainly a factor here. And as you mentioned, you know, these guys never truly retire. So I suspect that if he hands the reins off to somebody, um, down the road for the Falcons, that that person will still have his ear, uh, whether it's unofficially or, you know, if Pease moves into a consultant role or some form or fashion, uh, it's clear Pease loves to coach. He's coming back out of retirement, as you mentioned, a second time. Uh, so it's clear, you know, this guy in his 70s still feels like he has a lot to offer. And I love it. I love it. I, I, I love this hire. I think this is uh, a great start to what Arthur Smith is trying to put together. And we had talked about this when Arthur Smith was hired that, you know, who he brings in as, uh, you know, to fill out his staff is going to be a big factor in his success. And I think what he just did with bringing in Dean Pease uh, could be a, a critical factor here. So very excited about this move. Um, all right. Next guy down, defensive line coach Gary Emanuel. Um, from 2018 through 2019, he was the Giants defensive line coach. From 2012 to 2017, he was the Colts defensive line coach. And in 2011, he was at Purdue as their defensive coordinator and their defensive line coach. Uh, so let me get your thoughts, Adnan, on Gary Emanuel as the Falcons' new defensive line coach. Well, he has a, a wealth of experience. And, you know, that's something that's always a big, big uh, check in the positive box when it comes to evaluating these guys. You know, I think personally, with P's. Uh, running the show at least for this next year uh, it's not these some of these assistants uh, and their experience it's not as important as on the offensive side of the ball just because you know you have Arthur Smith as the head guy on offense and he's such a young man well he's such 38 years old I don't really have the right to be calling anyone at that <laughs> age young man, uh, personally <laughs> But um, yeah, it's um, Gary Manuel has has that experience. He's been coaching uh, the defensive line, and he was a defensive coordinator at Purdue for the past you know decade. Uh, he's been coaching the defensive line, and you know this is someone who, if Dean Pease does um, end up 
retiring in the next year or two, Gary Emanuel could be one of the first guys looked at to possibly take over as the uh, as the defensive coordinator if they don't look externally. Yeah, uh, he is sixty two. And um, even though I just listed his experience, it goes even further back, mostly in college. Um, but he has essentially been a, a defensive assistant coach, whether it's uh, defensive line, linebackers, defensive tackles, defensive ends, primarily defensive line. So he has a ton of defensive line uh, coaching experience since 1985, um, which odd man, I was 10. In 1985, that gives you my age, and I know you were not even close to being born yet. So. Not even close. Not <laughs> not even in the next decade. <laughs> oh man, I feel old. Um, so it, he does come with a ton of coaching experience, ton of experience uh, overall. So uh, you know, I, I think it depends on how important you think these roles are. I think the move makes sense simply because, again, another. Uh, veteran with a ton of experience is going to join this coaching staff, and I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, all right, next on the list, linebackers coach Frank Bush. 2019 through 2020, he was the Jets' assistant head coach and slash inside linebackers coach and also their interim defensive coordinator in 2020 uh, when that entire coaching staff was decimated. Uh, from 2017 through 2018, he was the Dolphins' assistant head coach and linebackers coach. And from 2013 through 2016, he was the Rams linebackers coach. So any thoughts on Frank Bush and what he offers? Another guy who offers just another wealth of experience. Um, And to give you an idea of how much experience he has as a linebackers coach, he was the linebackers coach for the Houston Oilers way back in the day. And the Oilers, you know, they're now the Texans. Uh, He started his career coaching linebackers in 1993. So, Woo! I mean, that tells you just how much he's uh, he's been through it, uh, coaching, coaching on the defensive side of the ball. I will never criticize bringing someone in as a, a defensive or offensive assistant who has that much experience. Yeah. Just because yeah. it's different if it's like, say, a Dirk Cutter. Uh, you bring him in as the offensive coordinator and, you know, he's not very good. He's experienced, but you know he's if he has nobody above him, which he didn't on offense, he can be a detriment to the offense. Whereas you know someone like a Frank Bush, he's going to answer to Dean Pease, who has even more experience. You know he's, uh, he's done a a good job throughout his career. Had if he hadn't, then he wouldn't have remained you know uh, in in a position to coach for as long as he has. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I'm I'm very happy. He was a a form. He's a former defensive coordinator too with the with the Texans, uh, coaching uh, the linebackers now, and he's going to have some really good linebackers to work with next year and moving forward. And I'm excited to see what he can do with Deion Jones and with Michael Walker, and you know, possibly even if we go for a guy like Michael Parsons in the draft, uh, he'll be the linebackers are going to be leading this team possibly moving forward at least next year. And, you know, I can't yeah. wait to see what, uh, what coach Bush does, uh, does with them. Yeah. He, he is uh, 58 years old, uh, from Athens, Georgia. So he's returning home, uh, went to Athens Clark central high school, 
Uh, he is a former linebacker himself, so I think he, he is going to be coaching a position he is intimately familiar with. And as you mentioned, Adnan, just extensive coaching experience going back to 1993, uh, so more than two decades worth uh, in the NFL, which is, again, I, I think you nailed it. I think when we're talking about you know, this supporting staff, the, these uh, you know, assistants underneath P's, I love the fact that these two guys are coming in. Uh, defensive line and linebackers coach, they're both coming in with just a ton of experience um, and a ton of experience at the positions they're being asked um, you know, to, to take lead of. So as you mentioned, I think uh, especially with what we've seen under Dean Pease with what he does with the inside linebackers, um, I think we could see maybe another leap in performance, hopefully uh, for Deion Jones, Michael Walker, Foyer Luokun. So uh, really, really interested to see how this experienced staff can uh, transform this Falcons defense. All right, last name on the list, uh, and I think you know th- this is the name I think a lot of people are going to pay attention to, for better or for worse, is uh, defensive assistant Matt Pease. Yes, he is the son of the f- defensive coordinator Dean Pease. Um, in 2020, he was the Finley High School head coach. You, you heard me correctly. He was in high school. He was a he- high school head coach. Uh, 2018 through 2019, he was the Titans defensive quality control assistant. Uh, and then from 2016 through 2017, he was the green mountain high school head coach. So, uh, not, this is the one position I think now where we're, we're hitting, uh, clearly, um, uh, not nearly as much experience, um, from this defensive assistant that said, he's not being put over a a specific, position group. I do wonder if this uh, bit of nepotism was what convinced uh, Dean Pease to come out of retirement and to come to Atlanta. Uh, So Adnan, all of that said, what are your thoughts on Matt Pease? Yeah, I absolutely was going to say this was probably one of those, um, you know, private conversations off the record where, you know, maybe Arthur Smith was like, you know, we have a defensive assistant position open if you come out of retirement you can bring your son with you and you know it wouldn't be the first time he was uh on the titans defensive staff technically uh under his dad in 2018 and 2019 um you know it's it's something where i don't really have an issue uh, over it it's not like uh he's being given uh the keys to like uh coach the linebackers or, or the defensive line He's just uh, a general defensive assistant there to help out, um, you know, with whatever needs to be done. Uh, he has head coaching experience in high school, but this is one of those things where I don't want to specifically compare it to Kyle Shanahan, but, you know, you can't help but look back at some of these uh, coaches who were the sons of famous uh, coaches before, like, you know, Kyle and Mike Shanahan. It's not the same as someone who, you know, wasn't the the son of uh, a prominent coordinator or coach. Because, yeah. you know, Matt Pease was probably there uh, with Dean Pease, you know, as a child. Uh, maybe, you know, in some of those meeting rooms, uh, maybe um, he, he was brought along with Pease. He's been around the game of football his entire life. And, yep. you know, possibly, like, uh, I know there's some stories about how Kyle Shanahan was brought in with Mike and, you know, he sat in, in some of those like uh, offensive meetings before as like a child. Uh, so, you know, maybe Matt Pease does have, you know, a, a prominent future in the NFL. He certainly 
uh, learned uh, probably as much as he could from Pease. And he's probably, you know, learning more and more from his dad moving forward, especially being around uh, an NFL defense the way he was with the Titans, the way he will be with the Falcons. And, you know, maybe he'll have, um, you know, maybe after Dean Pease retires, you know, Matt Pease will be given like a shot not to be the defensive coordinator, but to be, you know, a position coach and to continue working his way up that ladder uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. And I think that's the thing we'll, we'll pay attention to over the next uh, couple of years is to see what happens with this coaching staff. Uh, you know, Pease comes in uh, with the least amount of experience on the coaching staff. But again, you know, it, this is something to keep an eye on. Uh, I, again, I'm not a fan of nepotism in general, uh, but uh, if this got Dean Pease in the door, it may have been the move that was worth it. Uh, it just remains to be seen how he, he gets used and, and the impact he has on the team as well. So I don't want to completely write it off, uh, but I think some people were like, eh, you know, a little, little bit uncomfortable with the move, but it is what it is. Um, all right. A uh, couple of special teams coaches brought in. Uh, first of all, uh, the, the, the Falcons did hire as their new special teams coordinator, Marquise Williams uh, from 2019 through 2020. 2020 he was the assistant special teams coach with the lions in 2018 he was the chargers defensive assistant and from 2016 through 2017 he was the chargers assistant special teams coach uh and then they bring in senior assistant steve hoffman uh who is with the titans uh from 2016 through 2017 as their special teams coordinator uh 2013 through 2015 as their assistant special teams coordinator and was with the Raiders in 2012 as their special teams coach. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, these last two names as we round out the the new coaching staff? Well, uh, it can't be any worse than uh, what our special teams has been like the past few years. <laughs> so very, uh, very low. You know, if uh, his unit can fall on an onside kick, then I'll consider that a massive success. It'll be a hot <laughs> one. <laughs> with uh, Marquis Williams, he um, was the Lions special teams coach the past two years. The Lions have been 10th in DVOA, uh, in special teams DVOA in 2019 and 2020, which, you know, spoiler alert, well ahead of the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> who were, you know, in the bottom 10 uh, in DVOA in 2019 and 2020. Well, in 2020, we were slightly better than in the bottom 10. But still, the Lions have been much better than us. Um, I actually really like the move to bring in Steve Hoffman uh, as an assistant yep. because Steve Hoffman has been a special teams coach or an assistant special teams coach in some form or fashion since 1985. And yep. this is another one of those where bringing in a guy with a wealth of, wealth of experience. Um, he was the Cowboys uh, special teams coach since from 1989 to 2004 so that tells you a lot about him knowing that he has survived countless coaching regime changes uh as there are in the nfl throughout the course of 15 years he's one uh he was presiding over that cowboys dynasty over their special teams uh in the in the 90s um he's someone who uh, i think uh, arthur smith kind of um coaxed him uh, into coming to Atlanta, you know, I don't know exactly if he retired or not, but he hasn't coached since uh, 2017, and 
he was on that uh, Titans staff as a special teams coordinator along with uh, Arthur Smith, who was with Tennessee in 2016 and 2017. Uh, he's He was actually a Tennessee special team, uh, assistant special teams coordinator from 2013 to 2016. So he and Arthur Smith probably know each other very well. And, you know, he comes in as, and probably like more of a consulting role to help uh, Marcus right. Williams out because Marquise Williams, conversely, while his special teams unit has been uh, good the past two years, he doesn't have much experience. Uh, it only goes back to 2016. So I absolutely love the idea of giving him, you know, giving him someone like a Steve Hoffman to come in and to help him out. Uh, you know, someone who I could, I would say is probably like thought of as a legendary special teams coach. Uh, it's, I I really like this move, and you know I think it says a lot about Arthur Smith and GM Terry Fontenot that they had the wherewithal to to bring someone in uh, as to excuse me to not leave any stone unturned when it comes to the coaching unit. I know some staffs, some coaches will be like, all right, we brought in the special teams coach. Doesn't matter that he doesn't have much experience. Uh, you know, let's just move on with it. But I have um, I have a lot of hope for the Falcons special teams unit, which has just disappointed us year after year uh, the past few years. Yeah. You know, this is something that uh, I really enjoyed seeing. Yeah. Uh, and I think you hit on it, that the amount of experience they're bringing in, uh, at least on the defensive and the special team side, I think is very encouraging. Obviously, the offensive side is a little bit younger overall, but uh, I still like a lot of the hires there as well. Um the only thing I want to point out, you know, we've gone through the coaches that have been confirmed um, at this point. Uh, we have not heard about a running backs coach. Uh, obviously, um, you know, Charles London has some experience with that. Uh, you would imagine, you know, in, in a pinch, if they don't find somebody, he could slide over and uh, help with the running backs as well. Uh, and they don't have a defensive backs coach yet that we've seen, at least confirmed. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep an eye out for uh, any additions to the staff in those two areas. Otherwise, I think this staff, for the most part, is fleshed out. This is who we're going to see taking this, this team into the new era under Arthur Smith. Um, so with that said, Adnan, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on? Uh, you can find me at Say Which Way uh, on Twitter. And as for what I have going on, just off-season coverage uh, for the Falcons. Uh, we, Falcoholic is an absolute one-stop shop for you know any – uh, Falcons fan, we have as much content as you know your heart can can desire. You know we're covering the off season, covering the draft. We'll be covering free agency pretty soon coming up, and then before you know it, uh, the regular season will be back, and we'll be able to see this coaching staff in action. And also, you can uh, catch me on the Falcoholic Live. We do a live show every Wednesday at 8:10 uh, p.m. on the Falcoholic YouTube channel. We have a really good time over there, so check us out. Yep, absolutely. Uh, as for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates on this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And as Adnan mentioned, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. So for Adnan Ikic, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk with you next time.